U.S. and around the world. I'm Jackie Laura Jones here with you again for True Forgiveness Teachings with our good friend Bruce Rawls. And I know there's always so much going on in, quote, the world, right, you guys? (laughs) And so with all the chaos going on in the world, I really wanted to discuss. um, I was saying to Bruce, I really wanted to discuss Um, The question number 11 from the manual for teachers called, um, the question is, how is peace possible in this world? Because we know that Jesus is referring to inner peace because the world is in our minds. So I wanted to read the description for you guys really quick. And Bruce and I are going to discuss it and just kind of do some catching up. And as always, I send out just love to all of you out there, and I appreciate you tuning in. So let me read the description to this episode. With all the chaos going on in the world, we're going to discuss inner peace as the answer. So remember, you guys, that A Course in Miracles teaches that the world is in our mind, right? So peace is possible here because Jesus reminds us that here is within the mind's atonement principle. The separation has never happened. We are safe with God in reality. However, we're dreaming that we're separate. We're separate. We're living in a world of guilt, attack, hate, suffering, pain. So Jesus is helping us through the brilliant text of A Course in Miracles to shift from our wrong-minded thinking to right-minded thinking and can awaken from this dream of separation and its resulting fear and pain. So welcome, Bruce Rawls, our good friend. It's so nice to have you back. October uh, 6th. It's hard to believe, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It is. Thanks, Jackie. Always a a pleasure to talk with you and, and, and a delight. Yay. And a great, and a great topic too. And it's very timely. Um, well, of course, we could say that for just about most of the year now. <laughs> oh, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, I saw this and I was like, yeah, I'm surprised I didn't see this one sooner. I mean, but there's so many places where where mm-hmm. Jesus is talking about peace and, of course, the inner peace in the courts, you know. But I just sometimes just on Sunday um, or even Monday, I, I start thinking about the podcast and saying, OK, what what would be. A great thing you know I kind of just put it out there I'm always reading course material I'm writing my second book I'm in, I'm always immersed in it but I always ask still I say hmm <laughs> what would be and I swear Bruce my hand I just watched my hand go over to our bookshelf I pulled out the journey through the manual Ken Wapnick's journey through the manual. I just started flipping through and I just landed after what seemed like five seconds on, Oh, how is peace possible in this world? You know? <laughs> so I email you and I say, Hey, this is what I'd like to do. And Bruce is like, great top. You know, he's always like, great, you know? <laughs> and so here we are. <laughs> yeah. And it's a wonderful topic. And it seems like, you know, that, the the elevator speech answer would be basically something along the lines of, well, if the world exists, and as you pointed out already, uh, just rephrase really, uh, if if the world really is um, subject to our interpretation and 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 particularly our choice of inner teachers, um, that's the only only 
toggle in the mind, if you will, the only switch that we can flip back and forth between peace and, and turmoil, uh, depending on whether we choose uh, what the Course calls the Holy Spirit or our inner kindness teacher or the Jesus of the Course, or this insane thought system of the ego, because huh? uh, those are really the only two choices. They didn't give a moment. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what is really interesting? Um, Jesus is teaching us that peace has nothing to do with with the world as mm-hmm. we're judging it and seeing it with our eyes, with the body's eyes, but how we perceive it, how we interpret it. And Bruce, we're always in sync because you were just talking about interpretation. And I actually up before this podcast interpretation uh-huh. and perceive like the definitions mm-hmm. and interpretation it says there's always a couple but an explanation or opinion of, of what something means so jesus is always asking us you know what the the world was made by the the, the sick mind right um mm-hmm. but we have the chance of how we can perceive what the ego made and how we can interpret that. And so peace is possible here because first of all, we're not here, but second of all, we we believe we're here. And while we believe we're here, right, we can choose which interpretation of the illusion we want. And so if we are looking at this, from the world's perspective and thinking, well, I just want peace in the world for what I see in form all the time. Jesus is very clear on that's not the purpose for the world, the ego's purpose, right? And mm-hmm. so if we keep asking ourselves, wait, what is the purpose? The Holy Spirit's purpose is always, oh my gosh, were you, I'm going to use what you made as a classroom to get you home. When we choose the atonement, the Holy Spirit's answer to our belief in sin. And we go, oh, that's right. Part of that choice is recognizing the unreality of the world. It goes hand in hand. That's why we're at peace, because we're back in the peace of remembering God's love, right? Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of times uh, um, you know, where the rubber meets the road is is noticing um, since you mentioned interpretation, I think closely allied with interpretation in the ego's repertoire of, of thoughts is, is judgment, because most interpretations really um, pretty, pretty much can be <laughs> distilled down to some kind of judgment or an assessment based on a tiny little subset of facts, uh, certainly not enough information to make a legitimate judgment. And, and it really kind of, this actually um, ties it actually, you know, I think it's the previous, previous section in the, in the manual for teachers. So, so if you think about the developmental nature of the course, uh, how is judgment relinquished, which is one of my very favorite sections in the manual for teachers talks about oh, how we, we, we just don't have a basis for judgment. And it's, it would be crazy to assume that we do. Um, you know, I'll just grab one, <laughs> a couple of lines from that. Um, it, uh, paragraph three in that section, which is the okay. you know, essentially preface for that, says, um, uh, in order to uh, let's see where it is. Um, yeah, 
In order to judge anything rightly, one would have to be fully aware of an inconceivably wide range of things past, present, and to come. One would have to recognize in advance all the effects of his judgments on everyone and everything involved in them in any way. And one would have to be certain there is no distortion in his perception so that his judgment would be wholly fair to everyone on whom it rests now and in the future. Who is in a position to do this? Who except in grandiose fantasies would claim this for himself? And the irony is that – the craziness is that most of the judgments that we make, if we really watch our mind carefully, are usually some kind of condemnation. Uh, they're either attacks on ourself directly or indirectly by you know, lobbing mental hand, hand grenades, <laughs> so to speak, at right. <laughs> uh, others in our lives that we don't think are doing what they should be doing or, or not doing what they should be doing. You know, there's some, some variation of those two themes, right? And right. when we stop and look at how often during the day, those little micro judgments and little microscopic condemnations, sometimes they're not so micro, <laughs> crop up. <laughs> And, and, and realize, right. wow, what a what a circus or zoo of interpretations! It can be pretty crazy, you know. So so you know, catching ourselves when when those judgments start to arise, and and start to compromise our peace, I think is really crucial. Um, and you know, basically, lobbing hand grenades. Um, if all if ideas don't leave their source, then um, Hurling hand grenades it, virtually or, or or literally is is not a good idea, right? <laughs> right. The ones who's going to get the person who's going to get blown up if they don't if ideas don't live their source is me. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, but, but that includes everyone, right? So, yeah. It does. As minds are joined. I know whatever you're doing, you're doing to yourself. The mm -hmm. there's a part of your mind, guys, that knows that there's only one of us that thinks it's here. And so whatever you're putting out there, it has no, it's going back to you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, well said, Bruce. And I love that. How is judgment relinquished too? I thought we'd read just a little bit. Um, yeah, how yeah. is peace possible in this world? And then sure, there, sure. some of Ken's commentary is really good um, on it. And I just put a couple of notes too, because um, I also wrote down the definition of to perceive, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> and it's, to come to an opinion about something or have a belief about something. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting the way we, we have to look at how we're perceiving what the body's eyes are showing us. The ego is having us believe that the world is real, but the Holy Spirit is not. We're perceiving everyone as their behavior being a call for love or an expression of love. And we know in our mind's awareness when we're in the Holy Spirit thought system that there it's the unreality. We believe in the unreality of the world. And we know that forgiveness is our classroom to awaken and our focus and purpose is, oh my gosh, I'm going to awaken more to, to what I truly am today. Therefore having a better inner experience no matter what is happening in the dream and so how we perceive everything how we interpret what the body's eyes are reporting back to us is really important <laughs> for <laughs> sure for sure it makes all the difference in the world too. doesn't it boy it sure does so um want to go ahead and start reading sure sure how is okay. peace possible in this world this is a question everyone must ask Certainly peace seems to be impossible here, yet the word of God promises other things that seem impossible as well as this. His word has promised peace. 
It has also promised that there is no death, that resurrection must occur, and that rebirth is man's inheritance. The world you see cannot be the world God loves, and yet his word assures us that he loves the world. God's word has promised that peace is possible here, and what he promises can hardly be impossible. But it is true that the world must be looked at differently if his promises are to be accepted. What the world is is but a fact. You cannot choose what this should be, but you can choose how you would see it. Indeed, you must choose this. I, I'm thinking about, I, I mentioned before we started the recording that uh, yesterday evening I had an opportunity to take my mother to the emergency room. <laughs> and yes. fortunately, she, oh. she's fine now. And, and, and so it was glad a clean, a clean uh, bill of health kind of thing, and for the most part, and and uh, so it was just some follow-up things. But but while I was there, I noticed the circus of uh, people streaming in and out for various ailments and things, and and everything from hollering in the back rooms to to people coming in uh, in and out with just this <laughs> surreal assortment of ailments and issues, and and I, I right. was starting to notice how as each person would come in or start doing things, I, I would catch myself um, wanting to, you know, make some kind of assessment or judgment about, well, you know, maybe this person needs that or could have done this or, or who knows? You just all that. If you think about uh, all the things that come into your mind and, and then just, so I was kind of backing it up and just saying, well, I have no, no context for what is going on with any of these people. I don't know the whole picture. And so I don't have any basis for judgment. So therefore I don't have any basis for interpretation um, or for, or for making, um, you know, the way I would look at it as, as a, as a individual self is going to be necessarily distorted and limited and, and vastly incomplete. So, so I, I need to choose how I would see the, Things. And I was noticing that when I just let go of wanting to see things a certain way, um, I, I would feel peaceful. And, of course, it didn't hurt that I had um, uh, Ken's journey through the text there, and I was reading about Chapter 13 and, you know, while I was sitting there waiting for my mom. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I, I kind of had that thought system going for me already. And, but, but it, you know, every, every few minutes somebody would come in, and I would start to, you know, do the knee-jerk you know, oh, this must be such and such, or or this person maybe this in such a way kind of thing. And then I was just, I'd right. catch myself, and it was it was really right. interesting to watch. So yeah. Wow, that is it. That's a great example. We don't recognize, do we, Bruce? How until we're, you know, you there, you had the journey through the text right there, and you were you were you know thinking of it, but how the mind just runs incessantly oh, yeah. oh, with yeah. thoughts with. Yeah. All we see with the body's eyes for sure is different people, different ailments, different this, different that. And so we're <laughs> constantly ensnared in making mm-hmm. comparisons and judgments and everything like that. You know, it's it's just I thinking of um taking, you know, uh, mothers in, uh, I'm so glad your mother is okay and my, my example is not like your example, but I was taking my mother in for um, uh, to get uh, her hearing tested, to get uh-huh. uh, hearing aids or whatever. And we were 
in the waiting room and I noticed, you know, we had been there 15 minutes early or something like that. And this lady came in and she had missed her time. And so she was coming in and, you know, trying to get in. So the woman took her in our time slot, like be, before us, <laughs> when we had the, the, the scheduled time and we were there on time, but she took the woman, missed her time and came in and said, well, do you have anything else today? You know, I'm sorry I missed my time. And I had a reaction. I noticed it. I thought, oh, my gosh, we've been sitting here. We're on time. And they took this woman who missed her, her appointment before us. <laughs> so we ended up going in like 40 or 45 minutes late. And I thought to myself, boy, it sure is interesting that I didn't schedule a session, you know, right at, you know, right after this, this appointment, because I, you know, I would have missed it, which would have been okay. I would have had to, you know, email or text my client. But the point is, I really noticed judgment. And what I did was I sat there and I said, oh, that's so interesting. Here's Jackie. Upset. She thinks she's upset because there's body here that missed an appointment that's going before her. Now I can live out the rest of the day or these moments here in this office in peace, or I can continue to believe what my body's eyes are showing me. But I remembered lesson five, I'm never upset for the reason that I think. And again, you guys, it's tricky because in my mind I said, yeah, but this person came and came in front of us and the lady at the place took took her and then I stopped again I said but wait a minute in your dream in order to trick you the mind you are watching a script that someone has treated you unfairly that hasn't actually happened in reality and your only job now is are you going to indulge in the ego script that's and keep the, your irritation going or are you going to choose again and I chose again, and of course it takes a lot longer to tell this story, as you know, than what actually happens in the mind. Mm -hmm. It's a very mm -hmm. um, quick process, and I was reminded yet once again, you know what? I'm outside the dream. I'm above the battleground looking in. My awareness, that is. The body's having an experience of, of being here. But my awareness was looking in. I thought, you know what? As a matter of fact, I was, I had the aware, I didn't schedule a client. As a matter of fact, I've left a window of two and a half hours open just in case. In fact, it doesn't matter if I sit here because if I'm sitting here or I'm at home or I'm in a session, my mind can either be at peace or not. It doesn't matter where the body is. Anyway, so I just was thinking, is peace possible? It is possible no matter what's going on in our circumstances because the world's in your mind. You can remember why the world was formed falsely by the ego, and you mm -hmm. can be at peace in an instant. It's a choice. Yep. But we want to hang on to servants. That's why we don't do it. Because we want to be right and we want to say, this is really real and this person did something. <laughs> and in the dream, the person does something, but that's not your identity. That's not their identity. And when you free them and don't hold them to that seeming, you know, disruption in the dream, you're not holding yourself because it's only a piece of your splinter. That way you both are free. The mind is free.
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, your your audio is breaking up a little bit, but I think I got most of what you said. But you said the word right, and that that really reminds me of um, that favorite quote of "Would you rather be right or happy?" and and that's such a such a useful tool when you can remember it. <laughs> when you, like you exactly. say, when you catch, when you catch yourself, you know, going down that path of oh well, you know, I have a right to this appointment or this this upset or this whatever. Um, I'm actually kind of reminded of a of a, of a quote from Richard Bach's book Illusions. You know, his, what, oh, his, his, his little his little handbook that uh, had all these little um, messiahs quotes or whatever. And one of them said, uh, "Argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they're yours." <laughs> oh I think, my I think, gosh, that's I think, outstanding. I think, yeah, I think sometimes we argue for our upsets and and you know make make a federal case for for why we should be upset and. And you can find lots of people that will go along with you and say, oh, yeah, you know, you, you really have every you know, justification for for being unfairly treated. But uh, the course says, you know, be, just be aware of that temptation. Perceive yourself that way. So we're, so we're back to perception and interpretation and judgment, aren't we? We're right back there. And, you know, when you read uh, that first paragraph, I wanted to comment on something so that anybody I know sometimes people people look this up. Um and it's always a good reminder. Ken has such great commentary on this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And when the part you read, Bruce, um, in um, paragraph one, where it says, uh, yet the word of God promises other things that seem impossible as well as peace. His, his word has promised peace. It has also promised that there's no death, that resurrection must occur and that rebirth is man's inheritance well it's important to remember that resurrection means awakening from the dream guys um ken has a great thing on this and also rebirth refers to this shift from wrong minded birth of the ego to the right minded rebirth of the holy spirit so sometimes mm-hmm. when we read these words, we're thinking of them as like in the world, what, what, what resurrection of, would be meaning of the body, right? Jesus's body was rec- resurrected or rebirth we might, might think of as rebirthing as a body. But if we remember, you guys, in cause, not effect, it's always about the mind. So Jesus is also talking about the mind here. So these passages do not make sense if we try to understand them from the world's perspective, right? And exactly. so it's always a, a good reminder to remember that peace is possible here because here is in the, in the mind because the world's in the mind. Exactly. And and it says, you know, it is true that the world must be looked at differently in that, that eighth sense in that paragraph. And, yes. and then ninth, it says the, what the world is, is but a fact. And I think what he's referring to is, is the idea that, that – that the raw data that comes in from our senses is really, you know, two points I think are important to keep in mind. One is it's raw data, but we're getting a tiny little distorted subset of that data. Um, and, and then we misinterpret the heck out of it. And, and it, but it's data from a dream is the second, probably more important point altogether. And the dream is in a sense that, 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 you know, not only do we have a tiny little window on it, but we made, 
um, the world of space and time. I mean, this is probably more of a stretch for most people, and I think it for, for for even the most seasoned course student, you know, we it's it's so easy to think that this is the real deal, um, but there's there's an awareness somewhere in our mind that that knows that there's something more to us and to 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 being than all of this. And um, the other the other day I was thinking, you know, we it's kind of like looking at a, a digital photograph. Um, even even just trying to make sense of it within the context of the world, and and we on a good day we we can maybe see two or three maybe four pixels, and we say well I okay now I get the whole picture now, you know. <laughs> right. But but you know how do you how do you extrapolate from that when when we have such a tiny little window on things you know, it, it's just, it's just silly it's just silly isn't it and and so we base our our upset. Uh, upon the setup that we've made, you know, kind of like behind Wizard of Oz's curtain again in that metaphor, <laughs> right. um, that, you know, we, we need our inner Toto to keep pulling that back and, and showing that, um, you know, we could see peace instead of our interpretations that um, are going to be flawed because they're based on misinterpreting a tiny, tiny, tiny subset of information and it's and it's misinformation at that (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah well said and you know i wanted to read to go along with what you were saying about um looking at things differently Mm -hmm. i think ken wapnick's commentary on this i i don't want to pass it up i kind of just sometimes i'll i'll paraphrase and i include kind of my own thoughts and experiences um Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i thought i would just read uh ken's Uh, commentary on this and then we can continue because he just says it so succinctly Um, Ken says for there to be peace in the world you must look at the world differently the world was made as an attack on God the body was made as a limitation on love words were made to keep us separate from truth these are facts within the illusion Remember, though, that perception is an interpretation, not a fact. The world is what it is, made to be a place where separation is a, quote, divine law. Individuality is sacred and separate interests inevitable. Nonetheless, you can choose to look at the world differently as a place in which you learn that you have projected onto it the ego's thought system that has been burned in your buried in your mind mm-hmm. in looking at the world differently. Therefore you really look at your mind differently by choosing a different teacher. Thus you realize the world's only value is as a classroom in which you see your choice of teacher reflected back to you an outside picture of your inward condition The world then becomes helpful and peaceful because it serves a peaceful purpose. Isn't that awesome? It really is. Yeah. Ken Ken just always nails it, doesn't he? And uh, yeah, I I was reading it. I was was thinking it's 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 so easy to to misinterpret all the things, whether it's a you know a parade of, of folks going through an emergency room or figures we see on TV making political messages or, or people cutting us off in traffic or family members saying things that we may or may not agree with, or, you know, just, just there's thousands of things that may occur in in a given day, but those are all um, seen properly calls for love from 
from our own mind. Our and, own and mind, really, very Really key. calling back to our decision-making faculty in our mind to, to choose a different teacher. That's right. That's yeah. it's so it's so important and it's hard to practice. But here I try to really go over how I do things, how I practice it. I do this in depth too in my online classes. Um, it's whenever you feel something coming up, you guys, <clears throat> all the listeners. Anytime something comes up that disturbs your peace in any way, a- any way at all, um, that's when. How what I do is my mind interprets that now. The purpose has changed. When I'm upset, I remember going, ah, here's an opportunity. Sometimes I get excited in, in a weird way. Not, I mean, excited <laughs> in the sense that I go, oh my gosh, it's another opportunity. I actually, after practicing the thought system for so long, what happens is you kind of automatically switch. And I just say, oh, my gosh, it's an opportunity to have more peace. And why do I want to take that opportunity? I'm excited because I know, like many of you listening and Bruce, certainly, we recognize that we're not as reactionary after practicing this thought system. We Mm -hmm. recognize that our inner experience has been incredibly different. That's what motivates me to go on. I think to myself, I can live the rest of my life now knowing what I know, knowing this thought system, not because it's the only thought system, not because it's the best thought system, not because there aren't other ways to go home, but it's the one that found me. And I can seriously and honestly and earnestly say that my life has never been the same in a good way since I really have been practicing forgiveness and it's become just automatic, like a part of my mind. And that's one of the reasons why I continue to just love just sharing the message because that's what motivates me. Every single time something happens that, boy, that wasn't what I thought or, oh gosh, I wish something was different. We wish something was different than how it is, don't we? Or, you know, we're resisting something, somebody's behavior or what they say to us or what we say to that. Like Bruce, you said, it's just ongoing. I always remember though now, I'm like, my mind, it just automatically thinks, well, gosh, this is just part of the dream. I'm a passerby. And I said yesterday to myself, it's so fun to be a passerby. And what they, Jesus means as a passerby is you're just not mentally attached to the world. You're kind of, you're, you're watching it, not in an uncaring way, but in a forgiving way, because as your own personal self that you think you are is transformed, you're gentler, softer, more compassionate. You're looking out um, at the world and recognizing that it's just a part of you. And being a passerby is just not having the mental attachment anymore. And it's so much more peaceful to live that way because when you're in the right mind, the Holy Spirit directs functioning, meaning the reflection of that choice will take form in your being in the world, however you're supposed to be in any given situation with anyone in your life. And it's really nice, you know. Hey Bruce, are you there still? Uh, oh yes, I, I, I muted myself. My pardon. 
pardon me. Oh yeah, no, no I, I worries. I just we, we need we need to be really patient with ourselves when when you know we you know find ourselves making those knee jerk reactions and and realize that, you know it does take a long time typically to to become second nature in terms of the habit mm-hmm. pattern of of you know responding from uh, one of kindness and inclusion and forgiveness rather than condemnation, misinterpretation and judgment. Yeah. Right. Right. And so I, I, I want to share with everyone too, that, you know, the course is geared toward an experience. Jesus says that the words are, are true, meaning, you know, words won't do it. My words, Bruce's words, Ken's words, even Jesus's words. It's, it's an experience that you have, that you know that you're on the right track when you're just becoming more loving and you're not as attached to everything. Um, you care, but you care in the way that the Holy Spirit cares for everyone. You're, you're seeing through the body to behind it, what's behind it, which is everyone's true identity as spirit. And you recognize that they're not their body. No, like you are not yours and peace is possible in the world because the atonement in our mind that gets reflected out. And that means we're interpreting everything we see through that lens, through the healing lens of forgiveness Boy, it's a lot peaceful, more peaceful to live that way. And Bruce, right. Bruce is exactly right. It's a process, you know, um, you, it doesn't happen always right away. Peace doesn't always come. People do, they're viewing horrific circumstances in their own lives and others a lot of the time, right? But the point is to remember when you can, that you are viewing it, you are watching script and when you're with Jesus he takes you above the battleground and you have the experience that you are the observer of this dream and it does take practice but it's a goal worth working for that's what I can say <laughs> right absolutely yeah yeah and and it, you know it, it does take not only practice but uh, and patience but uh, you know the just really paying attention uh, more and more mm-hmm. deeply. And I, th- I think as we uncover, um, you know, the more s- subtle stuff that's going through our mind, um, you know, sometimes it can be a little, a little scary <laughs> realizing, oh my gosh, in a given day, there's just tons and tons of just little microscopic, petty, trivial <laughs> condemnations about this and that and everything, you know, just the, the, the least little, I think that's where the course is, you know, the, the least, the least little annoyance or, or even a sigh, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, we're condemning ourselves basically. And, and even though it seems like we may be condemning someone else, if another, it really ties into another really important idea in the course is that ideas don't leave their source. And um, if, the thoughts that we think about these people in our lives that we think are outside of us, us affects us first, then it would behooves us to, you know, watch the, what we think. It doesn't really matter what other people think of us, but it matters tr- tremendously what we think of others. So, and that's, that's where the responsibility lies, but also the freedom, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought I'd read uh, paragraph two of these uh-huh. uh, beautiful words in the course, and then we can continue to discuss it. Um, uh-huh. So paragraph two um, starts, again, we come to the question of judgment. 
This time, ask yourself whether your judgment or the word of God is more likely to be true. <laughs> Should the, we cue the, the the Jeopardy theme song there? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Hysterical. Oh, my gosh. Jesus is always ribbing us through here. You know, he's it's oh, yeah. almost oh, like yeah. in a fun way. You know, he's like, what's mm-hmm. she? Would the word of God be true or would yours be true? <laughs> For they... <laughs> For they say different things about the world and things so opposite that it is pointless to try to reconcile them. God offers the world salvation. Your judgment would condemn it. God says there is no death. Your judgment sees but death as the inevitable end of life. God's word assures you that he loves the world. Your judgment says that it's unlovable. Who is right? For one of you is wrong. It must be so. Right? So, Bruce, you were just talking about ideas leave not their source. Right? Yep. So, the idea of sin and guilt has never left our mind. Right? It's the projected ego thought system. But also in our mind is correction of that belief that we're separate and that we've sinned, which is the atonement. That's also in our mind, symbolized by the Holy Spirit saying, nope, remember nothing's happened, right? And you guys, sometimes we don't jump right to that. We don't jump to nothing's happened, but we jump to, you know what? I'm just going to request peace. I'm going to request, I know I can see this differently. I don't like how I feel right now. And I'm being told that I can feel otherwise, right? I don't feel otherwise right now, but at least I have the thought in my mind that it's possible. Maybe that's just the little step that we take, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as, I was, as you're saying that, Jackie, I was thinking sometimes it's kind of like shifting, um, you know, foreground and background, you know, because uh, sometimes the Ooh, foreground nice. stuff, the, the, like the, that. all the little, the little things that seem to be, you know, big and important that are just right in front of our face. You know, I, I'm actually looking at a, at a picture of the front range in, of the Rocky Mountains in Colorado that I'm going to do a little graphic of um, for another project. And I'm thinking you know, that the, the hills that are in the front and then the darker mountains back that and way in back of that, there's these snow-capped mountains. And, and sometimes, you know, you if we shift our focus, we get a much broader perspective. But, you know, what's not showing in this particular photo is, you know, that maybe there's, uh, um, you know, something on the windowsill that this, this picture was taken. Through. But, you know, it could be any number of things. But, but we're, if we're kind of myopic and, and focused on all the stuff that's just in front of our face, we don't really get the big picture. Um, and because we don't get the big picture, um, you know, we, again, have that this distorted perception. Um, and so the <laughs> the judgments say that, that not only are the people that we want to condemn, the, the ones that we love to hate <laughs> uh, or hate right. to love, um, no, it's both. Those, those, yeah. we, we ask us to question those judgments uh, of, of others, but also of ourselves, because we really are all truly lovable eternally. Um, but the characters that we play sometimes do pretty, pretty crazy and sometimes even despicable things. It doesn't mean that we don't notice the behavior, but we can afford to, you know, shift the foreground or the background and say, well, in the in the drama of this, these dream figures of which I'm one, there's all these shenanigans going on, and you know, it's ultimately just silly. But but if I make a big deal about it, then I'm really stuck in this little tiny worldview. But I need to get 
beyond that, and I need help to get beyond that. And so that's why, of course, miracles ask us to to ask for the appointed friend, the the Holy Spirit, the inner kindness teacher. You know, Jesus being the the author of this course, uh, not the the Christian Bible version, but the the pure non-dual metaphysical version that the course uh, addresses. And that right. that awareness is really what what shows us that there is a bigger picture and a bigger perspective where we can see everyone is lovable and that allows us to drop our judgments. Sometimes, like you say, not you're saying, Jackie, not sometimes it isn't immediate, but it, sometimes it takes quite a while. But but slowly but surely we can um, look at all those things that cross our mind and just like the parade of the people that come in and out of an operating room or across the TV screen or, you know, in front of us on the freeway or whatever the situation happens to be at the moment, we can just notice and say, oh, this too shall pass. And my judgment about this person or this situation is probably highly, highly probable, the 99.9% likely <laughs> to be incomplete, if not very incorrect. So right. why would I want to go there? And why would I want to assume that condemnation is even an option? Wow. Yeah, really well said. It takes so much time to unpack all the gems and what you just said, Bruce. But we are like, the, if we look at the characters that we play and other people play, if we look at it just like that, characters in a play, just reminding ourselves of that, not, not trying to change anything, not trying to do anything. It's reminding ourselves. It's a right-minded thought to look at the, your situation that way because the ego does not want you to know it's characters in a play that's not real, right? When we go see uh-huh. a play in a theater, that's the, those people are acting its roles. So the ego does not want us to know that or else it can't keep its game going. And your point about shifting the foreground and the background, I think that's a really good way to describe what happens. It certainly has in my experience the the body, my body is less at the forefront, meaning my investment in it, my purpose mm-hmm. for my body has changed so dramatically since I've been practicing the course, meaning the, my purpose every morning when I wake up is just how can I serve, meaning how can I be the most helpful? How can I keep choosing the content of love in my mind so that's what's reflected out into my experience it's just it's very different i wake up and i groom the body and i do i perform my roles as wife and daughter and therapist and sister and friend and you're in the roles but but jackie the i i is is not leading that and i think that's one of the main differences um and it's a big one but mm-hmm. kind of walking through the dream as a passerby is what i was saying earlier the best way to explain it um there's a part of your mind when you're in touch with the holy spirit mind that's free from judgment from comparisons from 
having to have something go your way from like all those things that the body that's so important to the body that it thinks it needs for survival and my needs getting met. I have to get my needs met. How can I manipulate form so that my needs get met, right? All these ego attributes. And what if you're kind of sitting back watching it all go by? You're very active in the dream. The body could be very active, but it's active to the right mind not the wrong mind it's active to the holy spirit it's responding only to the intention of being truly helpful it's a very different way to live right it really is you know you said a couple of things that that uh, <laughs> reminded me of some some helpful ideas what and all of that was very helpful in fact uh, including the idea of of you know shifting our focus of how can we be helpful uh to in the larger scheme of things rather than just to ourselves that the, the, the uh, quote be passers by is my, mm-hmm. certainly my favorite, and probably because I'm lazy, and it's the only one I memorized from uh, 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 Persa's <laughs> Gospel of I Thomas uh, in, in uh, your brother-in-law Gary's uh, second book. Right. Because all those quotes are really cool, and, and they, they really illuminate what was missing from from uh, you know, those the related sections in, in uh, uh, the you know, Christian Bible. But uh, uh, you know, Thomas's um, Gospel is is really wonderful, but that be pastors by is is, is just a, such a great one, isn't it? The other thing that it you, sure is. when you said manipulate, I was remembering. I just watched a second time when my uh, sister and brother in law were here. We watched this uh, documentary on uh, Netflix called uh, My Octopus Teacher. Have you seen that by any chance? Oh no, I haven't. I'll write that it, down. It's quite good. It's quite good. It's about this uh, um, a diver and. Um, a videographer who befriends an octopus and he dives down every day and, and develops a trust with this octopus. And what was fascinating to me was not, not just the, you know, the heartwarming story of how they made this connection. Um, but, but he shows how really everybody's ego is, is this uncertain, lonely and afraid thing and and the octopus was no different from any other creature, and so when it when it feels like it's wow. being attacked, it it'll grab little bits of shells and and detritus from the ocean floor and wrap it around itself and make camp you know make a little shield if a, if a shark is coming oh, by, it'll it'll gosh. it'll zoom into a Huge. an under underwater you know an underground den underneath you know cracks in the coral. It'll sure. you know, it, it's, just, it's just fascinating to see how. You know, our egos are all just like scared little children and, and right. running at the least little provocation from any perceived attack and, and having these incredibly sophisticated defenses and, um, you know, th- this whole system of attack defense. And it's just it's just silly. And, and ultimately, but but you can see how from the perspective of thinking that we're separate creatures, we think we needed to make all this stuff up. But anyways, it was kind right. of insightful to just kind of put that uh, that documentary, you know, and see that through the lens of of what do yeah, what do all egos do? Anyway, it was just, it, right. In case you get a chance That's, to see it, or one of your listeners, yeah. Uh, fabulous! Thank you for that. It is really amazing how we see things and then we get these insightful, you know, recognitions like, aha, yes, this is what we all do, don't we? And mm-hmm. we're in fear. The camouflage. Right. the camouflage and all that. That's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Well, 
Bruce, as always, this has always been such a great discussion. Um, I know all of our listeners out there, um, often there are new listeners, so I'll just announce that you can find Bruce at acimblog.com, and he has just wonderful resources on that site, as many of you know. Before we go here, Bruce, we just have a minute or so. Is there anything that you uh, wanted to announce or tell the folks? Uh, well, thanks for mentioning the website. I also always like to remind people that there are two other sister websites that are the primary website for A Course in Miracles, and that is ACIM.org, which is the Foundation for Inner Peace, which is the publisher of A Course in Miracles. And uh, they have they have webinars all the time, and this is uh, Judy Sketch Whitson's uh, um, little pet project to pub- publish the course many decades ago, and it's still Aww. going strong, and it's been Love published you, in Judy. a Judy. 27 <laughs> languages and and uh wonderful and they're, they're still carrying on that wonderful work and and worthy of the support and then of course the sister organization was would be uh um you know ken wapnick's organization that uh is now being carried on by jeff sieber's work and 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 all their publications on the you know still still taking mid, much of the content that ken did that has never been published and putting it out there uh that's so facim.org facim.org yep for the foundation for a course in miracles and uh, so just one letter different for the two websites acim.org and facim.org and ah, both wonderful, so wonderful resources for course students everywhere and highly Absolutely. encouraged to support both of those endeavors. So, um, oh, yes, and, we and love lots them. of other great stuff uh, going on, of course. But anyway, thank you as always, Jackie, for all that you're doing, too. Oh, well, you know, it's just my pleasure. I, I love sharing the message, just, you know, uh, talking with people and putting it out there because, you know, it makes me feel good. Um, mm-hmm. It just, makes you feel like I can, you know, put out something that, you know, is helpful. And, you know, those that find it just, you know, they love it. They, they love the thought system. It's, it's challenging, you know, um, for people, but you're, they're drawn to it. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, thanks for that, Bruce. And I'm just glad to do it. And I look forward to talking with you next month. And yeah. um, just wanted to say to all of you out there, just remember that you are loved. And you are loved. And hang in there. We'll see you next time.